Welcome back to Bringing Down the House, a podcast of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. I am Allie Parrish, Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat. And today, on Episode 9 of Season 2, Building Community, Jacqueline and I will be welcoming Noel Anderson, City of Waterloo Community Planning and Development Director since 2008. We will chat with Noel about all the ways we partner and work together to develop housing and revitalize neighborhoods in our community. Thank you for tuning in and please join our local mission by volunteering your time or making a material or financial donation. For more information, please check out our website at webuildhabitat.org or follow Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Hello, everybody. <laughs> what? What is so funny? Uh, I'm going to keep going because I don't care. I know. I'm just sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Bringing Down the House. I'm Ja'Kalen Madison, joined uh, alongside the Giggly, Executive Director of the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, Miss Allie Parrish. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what's happening. Like, oh my Why gosh. Why are you laughing because at me? Because you were so over the top today. And everyone listening is like, and how is that different than any other day? I don't understand your thought process. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I'm just I've glad bumped. to be here. I, no, you're not. Yes. You this, this is, is my happy part of my day. This is true. This is very true. No, I, I like bumped my pinky on my microphone. I know, because you were doing all these things. Like, you just couldn't sit still and well, talk into the mic. No, I literally, I was moving my hand to lean. And I hit the mic stand and it hurt. Oh, well, that's sad. See, no one that... even asked why I was in pain. <laughs> they just laughed at me and said I was being overdramatic. I didn't realize it was a pain issue. It I is just a thought... pain issue, Allie. <laughs> it's a pain issue. See, ladies, Allie brings out the worst in me. <laughs> She really we, does. I, we were joking before. I hope it was a joke that I, your bad days start with me or end with me or something. Wait, I don't what know. What was that? What was that I saying? your bad days <laughs> have something to do with me? Oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> that, that's, yes, no, it's somewhere. I'll have to go back and think I don't of the remember, joke. Like <laughs> Mainly because of just, I mean, you see, I mean, but here's the thing this is exhibit A through Z, okay? <laughs> I was in pain. Yes. I was fighting for my life. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, it was, I mean, Wow, hey, drama coach. I'm just saying. <laughs> can I have this moment, please? Thank you. This is my platform also. And instead of my co-host and our producer, Nora, coming to my aid to say, what's wrong? How can we help you? Do you need ice? No. I was laughed, I was laughed at and said I was being over the top. How dare they? Oh, it was it was just a gross, gross <laughs> behavior of mine. Luckily, there's a Bible. There's a Bible next to me, and I will pray. I don't know. I'm not doing that. You know that. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Allie, Allie and uh, spontaneous prayer is not in her, yes. uh, not her wheelhouse. <laughs> it's more of a stream of consciousness thing. I'm constantly, I'm just praying all day long. <laughs> I just do. It's just a constant <laughs> prayer. And most of it would be probably under more the theme of lamentations than it would be <laughs> anything like positive. But yes, so like, why would the past three Lord, weeks why? Had? Good gracious, why? <laughs> this 
this poem. Just tell me why. <laughs> uh, this poem, so, I mean, in the last uh, poem, she came in already all hot and bothered. And then today she did the same thing. She's like, I couldn't email anything. I couldn't I to print this. anything. <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh, my gosh. Just, uh, I Honestly, I think we should just have, like, a, a behind-the-scenes, and it's just us <laughs> following Allie around for the day. <laughs> that would be that would be a something. <laughs> Let me t- no, that, that is that is what mm-hmm. we need to do. Ladies you would make them. me so happy, though. So that I would, would help. make you so happy. Yes. No, because I would I would ma- I would put you in predicaments <laughs> to make you go. Good Lord, why me? <laughs> Good gracious God, why me? <laughs> so you would not want me. <laughs> Maybe oh. it would. Yeah, I just yeah. That uh, could, you know, I'd I'd be down to give it a try. Well, well, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all say until it happens. Oh, uh, let's 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 get back to our job, shall okay, we? Okay, shall we? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's uh let's take a moment for our mission moment, shall we? My mission moment is just the look on people's faces when they either see the magnets that say habitat on the side of the truck or read the emblems on the shirt. They just start to smile. It's like kindness is contagious. They'll help and ask to unload what I need in the truck or even let me go at a stop sign. They may be having a bad day, but it put a smile on their face. And I think this kind of ties into the mission of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity because it's communities. It's one person helping another, and it's not just a me or you. It's an everybody. And that's why I like working here. I like that. I know. And that was uh, Karen Nypert? Yes. Nypert. See, I always have to practice these things here. <laughs> and she is the warehouse and... <sighs> Do it. Pro- procurement Woo-hoo, supervisor. You did it. Yes. They, they make the person with the speech impediment say things. And it's not, <laughs> it's not, a, good, it's not a good mix, guys. Uh, but I, I love the uh, kindness is contagious. I know. That's, that's, I like that. And she is contagious with her kindness, too. Oh, yeah. So she gets what she puts out there in the universe. I'm, pro- I'm certain of it. Yeah. She's amazing. I also need to get some um, Iowa Heartland uh, decals on my car because mm-hmm. I want people to let me go at stop signs. Just yeah. Like, no, you can You're go. Like, go ahead. It's fine. No. You know, <laughs> run that red light. You run that red light and you get to where you're going. <laughs> like, I need that in my life. Oh, my gosh. I don't. Yeah, okay. If that's what's happening, we'll, what? we'll make sure that you can get one of those. <laughs> Thank you. And it's, I mean, think of the branding. I mean, I'm driving all over anyways. Yes. Driving it, all over the fair. state. I mean, I'll put a magnetic sign on your car. See, well, hold on, Allie. <laughs> uh, I've I've agreed to too much. I've agreed, so help me, someone, help me, please. Help me, help me, help me. Uh, Maybe Noel can help you. Noel, yes. I, 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 we need to get we need to get Noel in here, ladies and gentlemen. And Noel is our special guest, Noel Anderson. Uh, we, we're going to bring him into the podcast. And Noel is the, let me make sure I get this right, Community Planning and Development Director for the City of Waterloo. Is that correct, Noel? That is correct. And you, listen to that voice. Man. He just gets addicted to really good sounds. I do. Yeah. I do. It's, a, it's like a, it's the audio and a little like, yay. And you've been doing this job for 26 years. Yes, I have. Wow. That's a long time. That is a long time. Should we just... Just say how long that is. That's one year more than I've been alive. <laughs> and I am much more like Noel's age, so. No. 
I mean, you both look not a day over 30. No, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for squinting. <laughs> My glasses are a little smudged, not going to lie. So, I mean, I can't. Once I take them off, a whole different ballgame. No, no. But, but no, thank you so much. Uh, and, and, and welcome. First off, let me just ask you this. What do you do? For the city of Waterloo, my main job is economic development. So we are here to try and help our existing businesses expand and grow. We're trying to bring new businesses in. I mean, part of economic development is also housing. So we're trying to get people to build houses here. We're trying to get people to fix up houses, uh, looking for new ways to have different types of housing for income groups, for different size families, all kinds of fun things like that. Um, and then tie all that into it with the planning of the city in terms of infrastructure, uh, bike trails, quality of life. Again, things to attract people to our community and make it better. Just a small thing. I mean, yeah, you know, no it's just a couple not... things to do a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, know, you know, kick your Nothing. feet up for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, just... have a cup of coffee. Yeah, a little gin and tonic. My yeah. Floor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty easy. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, maybe just to dive right in. You, know, you talk about businesses and helping them grow and housing. Are there maybe like specific areas that you're targeting more so than others or? It really depends on which objective we're looking at. You know, mm. so obviously with the housing, we want to have land out there that has infrastructure to it for people to build new subdivisions. But we also have to focus a lot of energy on how to rebuild our older neighborhoods and how to revitalize them and how to get rid of blighted houses and bring forth new housing with great partnerships. And at the same time, then we're trying to work on businesses. And many years ago, I guess, we looked at, we had some businesses that were saying, hey, you give a lot more for new businesses to come here. Why don't you help the existing business base? Mm -hmm. So we've tried to put forth our incentive packages to try and help both. So if you're an existing business and you own additional land and you're building on, our incentives will try to match what we would give to someone coming here brand new and building and building infrastructure. So it's it's all about trying to focus on areas that we have control over in terms of city-owned land, TIF districts, um, and also dealing with the properties we can deal with for housing as well. What was that that you said? What districts? A TIF district, so a tax increment finance district, that's where it's, it's placed over a certain geographic area. And then the city gains a higher proportion of the taxes being paid into there so that we can expend money to make things better and get get paid back sooner. I think that's one of the things that as I got into this work and and have certainly gotten to know a lot more on the city side of things better, there's so many pieces to things that folks don't often, I mean, the layperson, whatever, is never going to understand or even come close to understanding all of those things. You know, and I, my mind has been blown just the different layering that has to happen in order for things to really move forward. And, and it's very difficult. So kudos to you and your department, because it's it's been eye opening to me to really l learn and understand just all the different processes that folks in our community, but communities around the country really have to go through to be able to do these things that you're talking about. It's so easy to just kind of be like, oh, wave the magic wand or oh, I really wish there was this there, this here or this thing in our community or what have you. But it's just not that simple. Yeah, I should talk slower since I work for the government because it <laughs> goes slow. But <laughs> There's, there's a lot of layers, like like Ali said. I mean, as a local government, we have federal rules, we have state rules we have to follow. And, and I guess my, my objective as director has always been to try to be innovative and flexible and try to create the rules that will help people actually accomplish what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. mm. And make our community better. 
exactly. And trying to put all that together. So, so let's talk about maybe some of those challenges. So, you know, one of the things that I found just even on like the zoning side of things, for example, or what have you is there's a lot of story and history and truth. I think when you think about a plot of land on the, on the ground with grass on it, there's a lot that's a part of that. And that has effect on what happens on that spot with that grass for, for years to come. And that zoning piece is huge. And so sometimes you guys, what I'm realizing is you have to make tough decisions, but you also have to undo the past sometimes. Like, can you speak a little bit about that and how hard that is or what that includes? So the city of Waterloo was basically founded in 1845. The first zoning ordinance came into play in 1947. So you have to figure there's 102 years there of anything could be built next to anything. Because, wow. of course, the main purpose behind zoning is to try and, and make things compatible to each other, mm-hmm. not to have residential next to industrial, maybe have commercial in there, different levels of residential. And kind of like you said, we're dealt with the, the hand we're given. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some things that are grandfathered in. There's some things that probably never should have been built next to each other by today's standards. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you think of the Rath Packing Plant area. Back then, there was houses next to the plant because a lot of workers walk to work. Right. Nowadays, you don't want to live next to an industrial plant, so we have to make those changes and try to alter the area as best we can to kind of suit bringing new housing there and addressing new industry and new jobs in that area. So we're always looking at where those kind of incompatible uses are, what we can do to improve the situations for both parties by creating industrial parks sometimes and moving things there and then doing infill with housing. And then, you know, as you're talking about with vacant land and how it's zoned, and we've, we've tried to zone it based on the infrastructure that serves it in terms of heavy water, heavy sewer, if it's next to a heavy road or a local road. So you're, you're, you're just looking at all these different factors as to how you zone it and then how it moves forward as other things change. You know, as, as much as we try to plan out the city, you'll, you'll get a large project like a theme park in an area that you zoned or you you shown as future land use for you know maybe residential and light commercial is now going to change that whole area Mm -hmm. so we'll adapt and, and try to look at that for the future and i would think you absolutely want to take advantage of opportunities like that and the ways that people want to invest but it's not that simple you have to you have to consider you know all these things and i've definitely grown in my understanding and appreciation for what you guys are really up against when it comes down to some of that that's some some's in the, in the control of the folks and some it's not really it's something that you have to try to figure out no well, you said uh your future land use what you're, you're planning or zoning for how far in the future do you plan for a certain area or you know how when do you say you know this is what we want to turn this into we have a future land use map so to kind of go backwards i guess to, to guide us in our zoning we create a comprehensive plan and there's rules in the state code about how to do it and what it should contain. But one of the main things in the overall comprehensive plan, which has goals and strategies for what we want to see, is a future land use map. And so the entire city is is mapped out for what we see for future land use, you know, now and into the forever, I guess. Now, that being said, about every 15 to 20 years, we'll look at the overall future land use map if we haven't made small changes here and there in the meantime. And we'll look at the overall comprehensive map and say, okay, is there anything out there major that we should change on there in terms of how we're laying that out. And again, we're laying that out for there's residential, there's high density residential, there's mixed use commercial, mixed use residential, industrial, commercial, all kinds of classifications in their green space for the green belt. But we'll lay all that out based on the road network, the infrastructure that's in place, and then of course existing things that are out there. So you know, a good example of, of the crossroads area would all be a big red commercial color on the future land use map. And obviously that's something we may be looking at as crossroads is struggling as we look 
look at, do we change that to show more of a mixed use residential and commercial area as it redevelops? We just don't know yet, but that's something we'll continue to look at. So how often do you find yourself going back to the drawing board and saying, ah, no, just kidding. We can't put that there. Ah, no, that's, that's not going to work there anymore. The, the first comprehensive plan by the city was 1972. And then there was like a major overhaul in 87. I think our last one was in, we did one in, in 2000 and another one in like 2010. And for the most part, they've been fairly accurate. Now, you can say that's good planning or you can say, well, they're also the ones making the decisions. So mm-hmm. you can kind of make sure yourself is right. Right. Um, <laughs> yep. And, good and job, me. You're putting things where you, what you showed there. But I mean, I, I would say, you know, we look at that on an annual basis in terms of just, hey, there's a large project that happened here and we'll make notes of things to change. We don't necessarily go in and change the map every time something happens but we'll change it when we do the overall amendment again. But we're always trying to look at every single project that happens. What exactly did the future land use map say? How did the zoning change? And what what impact should that have on other things we should plan out? Let's think about like one thing that we hear about a lot or have heard about and definitely know impacts communities uh, across the country and the world really is the idea of flooding. And so when we think about floodplains, that has to have a significant impact to zoning and then also remedies for flooding issues, things that you guys think that or you've been able to be more proactive on in the sense that would help some of that. Can you speak to that a little bit? So the majority of the city uh, had floodplain mapping done on it in the 80s. Mm. So before that, there wasn't any. Now, granted, they had built the levee system in, in the 60s and, and early 70s to protect the city from the large floods that it had. But mm-hmm. when the 80s came and we had it all mapped out and it showed everything, you know, for the most part, we were pretty lucky until 2008 mm. when we had our first 100-year flood. We had pretty much done things very well, I would say, from the 80s, from the floodplain mapping. It's actually very accurate. We kind of, while while you have, everybody has their duties during a flood, one of ours is to go out and kind of check to see if the water's going where the maps show. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, to see as accurate as possible. But obviously the floodplains in general have changed areas that could or could not be developed or how they're developed. You know, mm-hmm. you have the, the Greenbelt Center there at 63 and Highway 20 that they have to build up the land, the land higher to avoid it being flooded. Mm. And of course, as part of that, then that water is going to flood over into the Greenbelt a little bit more so they accommodate those those amounts of water in there in their designs. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would think that to to direct water a certain way or another it takes an enormous amount of engineering, I would imagine, and and really understanding. And it's stuff, again, that I think we discount often is, you know, we don't spend enough time thinking about all of those things and that the folks that have to put that time and energy in and know, know what's going to happen, you know. I mean, one of the major changes that you saw after the 2008 flood was that the levees worked very well. Mm-hmm. The problem was there's gates on the levees that allow the normal water from streets and all that to go in through the levees to the river. Well, Mm. when the river gets so high, you have to close those gates so the water doesn't come backwards. Mm. We closed all the gates. If you remember in 2008, you know, I do. Yes, I do. It rained the week we were at heavy flooding. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, now all this rainwater is going through the system and it can't get to the river. So it flooded downtown Waterloo. Mm -hmm. Um, It flooded some other neighborhoods that were lower lying. And so as a part of that, we were able to get $17 million in state and federal grant funds to the city of Waterloo to build stormwater lift stations. There's Mm -hmm. seven of them that were built. But basically, so during a flood event, they will still take all the rainwater coming through the storm sewer systems and pump it up into the waterways like Blackhawk Creek or the river. Mm. And that's why the 2016 flood was not as impactful for us because all those areas were covered. That's awesome. Playing a little bit off of you know what Ali said about how we don't always think about, oh, this is what's happening. And you know, we're just like, oh my gosh, it's flooding. Why is it flooding? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this something that 
you would want the general population to be more familiar with? Or is it kind of just like, eh, you don't really need to know? Like, let us do the work behind the scenes and just be happy. I mean, you're 100% correct. And, and you have to Im- imagine my, my job in 2008, it's flooding everywhere downtown. Mm-hmm. But then I drive home and have to go out to Target to buy something and everything's just life is normal. People mm-hmm. are out mowing their lawns. and Whereas there's people down by the riverfront where their water is up to their roofs. Right. Um, so it's it's... It's really strange during a flood who it impacts and who it does not. And, you know, I guess from a from our standpoint of if, if we could make it so no one really notices a flood, that means we're doing our job because mm-hmm. it's not having impact on a lot of private property. It's obviously something that, that comes up a lot when we're dealing with new construction, new development of areas. We have some areas along 63 South toward Hudson that they want to develop for residential. There's new floodplains being developed that are expanding out there. So we're trying to work with them to figure out how can we get more residential lots in Waterloo, but we don't want people to build houses that are going to flood either. So how do we deal with the waterways? Mm-hmm. That's important. It's huge. I mean, because sometimes people, what I've noticed is that we don't always know what's good for us. <laughs> Where it's like, this is a really cool idea and I'd love to do this here. It's an opportunity. And then they don't understand that it could be way worse in a few years if something like that was was going to happen. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure you don't ever deal with that. I try to only bring good news, <laughs> but sometimes I have to bring bad news. Yeah. Yes. No, let me ask you this question here, completely out of you know, left field. Uh, what is chapter 414? <laughs> That's so, a Nora question. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, let me just, I just have a trivia question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So chapter, no, that's fine. So chapter 414 (laughs) is the state code section that basically says what we have to have in our zoning ordinance. And so it'll have Mm -hmm. certain provisions in there that you have to address. You know, the the interesting thing with zoning is it's it's not like engineering in that, you know, we know water always goes downhill. Mm -hmm. So engineering is pretty similar everywhere you go. In zoning, everyone has certain things in their zoning ordinance in terms of the classifications and all that but other than that every pretty much every city or town develops their own zoning ordinance based on the uniqueness of their city or town and things that they want to address we have the cedar river going through the middle so you know you figure a town that wouldn't have a river going through the middle would have different zoning and all that in there's certain downtown areas whereas we have to deal with that with the floodplain mm-hmm. so we'll have different provisions in there for things that we just want to see happen that's pretty cool so while we're on odd numbers <laughs> Uh, what do you mean odd numbers? Like 414, that's code not a, four. That's not an odd number. That's an even Whatever. number. Whatever. Strange. <laughs> Strange. You are just. No, I wasn't trying to. Like... <laughs> you got I... injured. I didn't care. And now you're going to make me pay. And I... Noel. <laughs> you know, when you so... were discussing the injury earlier, it was you were talking about them laughing. It was like a scene from Mean Girls. Yeah. Can you come back more often? Please no. stop. Okay. No, I'm going to throw out another weird number. Okay. There and make go. him define it because we hear this all the time. 657A. What does that mean? <laughs> so that is a portion of the state code which allows us to go after dilapidated. Abandoned structures is actually the word it'll use in the code. Um, and we did work with the legislature a couple of years back to get that to include commercial buildings, which mm. that helped, I can tell you, greatly in the demolition of the Greyhound Park dog track site. Oh, yeah. So that helped get all the parties working on that because okay. we were we were trying to use it there. But Generally, we use it for housing and we use it for blighted housing. We're not here to try to take someone's property that is trying to fix it up. Right. We are generally going after houses that have been sitting there vacant for six to 10 years, empty, the roof's caved in. 
and honestly, it's it's bringing down the neighborhood. So it's a process. It's a court process where the city files all the owners, mortgage holders, lien holders, and all that are notified as a part of the process. So if anyone ever ever gets upset about losing their property to the city through 657A, they had the opportunity to stop it. Mm-hmm. They just need to fix up their property. Right. So we're going after these properties that are in horrible, horrible shape. The city takes them. Generally, then we try to see if anyone like Habitat would mm-hmm. want to fix them up. We've had some private developers fix up houses before. If not, then we go in to start demolition. And I know this has been a topic uh, of recent uh, in the news about how fast we can take down houses. You have to imagine, again, we're the government, so there's that speed already. We have to go through public <laughs> bidding processes for asbestos survey, asbestos abatement, and then finally demolition. So it, it takes us a little bit of time, but we're, we're generally trying to work through it as fast as we can to make sure everything's done correctly. Once we'd have the houses demolished, then we have empty lots that we're maintaining for sidewalks, you know, snow removal, mowing. But we're basically looking, the city doesn't really want to own property. We are looking for someone to come along, Mm -hmm. take this to either build a new house on or in certain areas along like Highway 218, we'll be looking for small business development so we can get some new small businesses in here as well. You know, I personally have heard your department or the city in general just take a lot of criticism for for the number of properties that have been demolished or gone through this process or what have you. And I would just say that there's there's a lot of sides to that story. And yes, it'd be great if for every single time time that there was a a blighted abandoned home, there was a really clear, easy solution and a developer there at the ready with the money that's just going to go fix it and take care of it and all these things. It's just, I can tell you from my firsthand experience, it's definitely not that simple. And then you also get neighbors calling you, I'm sure, uh, frustrated and upset about houses that are vacant that are causing other issues or they're just tired of looking at them. I think what what I've been excited about is that's probably been one of the quickest ways lately, you know, in the last few years that we've found a really easy partnership when those things are happening within the neighborhoods that we're targeting. We can't take every property because we can't do, you know, there's only so much we can do, but that we've been able to really expand our partnership in and being able to target areas or your, you know, grab property from you that you guys had and what have you in our target areas and, and put it back to good reuse. And that's been, it's been a win-win all the way around. Yeah, I would I would say before 657A was out there, the city would go after these blighted houses and we would demolish them ourselves mm-hmm. through a court order. And then we'd put a lien against the property. The problem is some of these lots would be in areas that no one's ever buying yeah. the lots in. So the lien would just sit on the property. So not, not only now are we maintaining this lot, we don't own it. So we can't even turn around and flip it to someone to redevelop. Exactly. So this is a much cleaner process for us when we take ownership. You know, I always like to point out too, that the 657A, the primary purpose is not for us to even gain ownership. Right. It is, you know, to go after these properties and hopefully get the owner to fix them up. Yeah. If they don't, then we take them. But, you know, so we... I've, I've seen successes in ones that we never got a hold of because the other person fixed it up. There's one right along Longfellow across from the softball fields, if you've ever played there, that was boarded up for a couple of years. We filed against it. Someone bought it and fixed it up nicely. And right. hey, that's that's even better for us because exactly. it achieved the same purpose. Yeah. I think people can kind of put the city in the category, oh, or you're just going around demolishing everything all over town, blah, blah, blah. And I've heard those criticisms and I don't think that's fair. In uh, fairness to you guys, I feel like it makes perfect sense. You don't want to sit there and own a lot of property. We need to figure out more partnerships, more people out there that will help redevelop these areas. And, and that would make it a lot easier for you guys. Before we let you go, no, I want to ask you, Obviously, you don't do this alone. And if you did, God bless you. (laughs) Sometimes he probably feels alone. That's fair. (laughs) I I, I, I could easily get that. I could easily get that. 
Uh, but I mean, you have you have a team that works with you. I'm sure there's other agencies within the city that you work with. But speak to some of the partnerships that you have, you know, Habitat, what have you, and just how. I, I don't want to assume, but my assumption was that the there's some type of benefit to your process and what you do having partnerships like Habitat and other community organizations. Definitely, definitely. You know, as a city, we we just can't do it alone. We need the partnerships out there. Whether that means you know the mayor and council have done a great job of, of enabling us with the with the incentive programs and all that to draw developers in. There's benefits to Habitat for us through the incentive program as well. And you know, the reason we give the incentives is to get them to do the project, but it's also to get them to do the next project. And mm-hmm. so you know, working with Habitat, working with the private developers, working with the Deer Foundation, donating money for the Church Road neighborhood. I mean, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of partnerships growing out there. I think everyone. One's starting to see a little bit more, specifically on the housing side, the benefits of, of a good, strong housing community is going to help everyone find employees, get those employees to work, help the community grow for its own betterment. Mm-hmm. And to speak to your team, too. I mean, I've had the privilege and benefit of working with the members of his team specifically that work at the city. They're all top notch. They've got a great great team over there that you've built up and, and we really enjoy working with all of them. Wonderful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Noel Anderson, the Community Planning and Development Director for the City of Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. And, well, you're not going to, you're not leaving. <laughs> We're not clapping or anything. I, I'm no, still okay. sitting in yeah. front of the door. So yeah, you're, yeah you're, we, we, we lock people in. Uh, yeah, we, we still got Lakeisha somewhere in here. She, <laughs> she was from last season and she's still locked in here. She ain't getting out no time soon. Uh, no, actually, uh, no, we're going to play a little trivia if you want to join us. Oh, sure. <laughs> he, <laughs> he sounds so awesome. bold. He's he great. He's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, let's welcome in Nora, our wonderful producer. Hi, Nora. Hi. See, told you. <laughs> See, trivia. <laughs> My question today is when and where was the first zoning ordinance passed in the United States? Didn't he say it? Oh, oh no, United he said it. <laughs> I was going to say, 1947 was, no. In our community. In our community. That was City Waterloo. City Waterloo. <laughs> so I at least paid attention to that. I know that 414 has something to do with zoning ordinance. <laughs> Listen, I played SimCity for many years, people. <laughs> And I'm not trying Don't to bring up the Sims. I, oh, this is true. I'm and not at all trying to uh, at, at all demonetize what you are doing because it is far more complex than a video game. But I know some things, okay? Oh, I know about zoning and industrial because when I put an industrial zone next to my residential zone, then all of my little townspeople were like, "It's upset. We're upset. And it's polluting. My water is nasty. I don't want to live here. I'm moving out." So I'm like, I understand some things about zoning. Ordinances, thanks to SimCity. Wow, okay. he, he's not joking. If you've ever played SimCity, there's a daily news thing, and really? it'll tell you what you're yes! doing wrong. Yes! Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Support. I think I better start yeah. playing Thank that because I just tell got you what added you to the wrong. planning commission. <laughs> I better start getting up on my SimCity. Oh, I'm so happy that was just validated in that moment. Uh, okay, back to this question. What was it again? <laughs> when was the first zoning ordinance in the United, in the United States. States? Oh, you guys should go first. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say oh, way God, back to. Oh my gosh! No, you, you have to do, go he first. Does know. He's done Let's this. say it all He's at the same this. time. Okay, Let's okay. do it all at the same time. Okay, that's fine. So should I act like I'm gonna say a different word to see what you guys say? No, 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 no. one, two, three, and then say it. Okay, okay? and and we have to say a year. That's fine. What was I going to say? A cow? I was going to say a place because oh. I have a place in my mind. A place too. in a year or just a year? Just when and where? Okay. Year, 
place. Year and place. <laughs> Wait, okay. I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna fudge up on something bad, but we're gonna. It's gonna be fine. Year, place. So year, and then take a breath and place. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna go with my first guy. Okay. <clears throat> Wait. Okay. Okay, got it. Wait, I might year. come up with a year that isn't even an actual. Okay. So okay. 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 A, a year. <laughs> be place. Yep. On three. One, two, three. Seventeen seventy-six Williamsburg, New York City. <laughs> okay. First off, so it's nineteen oh eight. In California? California. I said 1912. That's amazing. I was in the 1700s. <laughs> Allie, we didn't even get our independence until 1776. So you really think we're taking it? I said it? that year we had our first zoning ordinance. Allie, we just got our independence. That's what Lewis and Clark were doing. They were zoning <laughs> things and no, they were like going in, down there. In Williamsburg. <laughs> Lewis and in Clark. Jamestown. Oh. Oh, my oh, gosh. Okay. I don't like history. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was 1908 in L.A. Woo! Okay. What? He just totally, he's the first one that's ever gotten it actually right, I think. Did Andy get something right? Oh, don't give him that props. Oh. You're no. right. Andy, pro- no, you did not. It was the macaroni tool, I'm pretty sure, that he <laughs> oh, got yeah. wrong. So, no, Andy Good got that wrong. Outstanding. Noel. But I'm just going to say, I was close second. I was a distant third. You were far distant third. <laughs> Taj Mahal. I have to... <laughs> the funniest thing is, is that people might think I'm trying to be this stupid, but it's just me. This is just what I, I think about it. It's just honestly what I would have come up with. It just comes natural. <laughs> That was the most genuine thing I have heard Allie say in a long time. She goes, I think people think I'm trying to be this stupid, but it's not. I hate it. Oh my God, I'm crying. Okay, so. It's me, and I'm happy. 1908 in LA. So, why there? Why LA? Why. I'm not real sure, actually, because uh, okay. New York City, I think, was 1916, so it was a little ways behind that. Oh. So that would have been the two to guess. I would have thought. Okay. I would have thought. Of uh, development I have thought going fast. New York would have been way before LA. Like, yeah, just I in thought, the just trajectory yeah. of the country and growth. And yeah, the majority of people would normally jump. Yeah. would guess East Coast. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Right. That's what I did. Yeah. See. <laughs> Allie, we barely had streets in 17 whatever. What did but you they might have cared what was built there. You said you said 1776. Yes, they that- did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. They were signing the Declaration of Independence <laughs> and a zoning audit. And a zoning, that time. is correct. That is 100. percent I thought it made some sense. John Hancock, Larry said, "All right, so about the zoning here. So we have the cows next to the vegetables." I was vegetables. thinking that it was well. <laughs> And but excuse me, like that would that make sense? Yeah, because they were worried about a theme park coming in in 1776, Allie. Well, you know, <laughs> I can't. They didn't want the horse barn next to the bar. Well, see, the food, food but sales. See, see, there you go. I've been to Williamsburg not that long ago. There are dis- distinct, like the jails over there and the cities over there. <laughs> the houses are over there. Yeah, and but the, they should. The cemeteries there. <laughs> Al, you need to be a tour guide. You need to be a tour guide. I'm so not history buff. 
Nor am I. I can just fake it well. Yeah, you do. I fake it well. I fake, I fake my whole life, let's be honest here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, no, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for validating my Sims comment. Uh, and here's the thing. Allie can't talk because Allie loves the Sims. I really. Allie I, has, I, had, I had an addiction issue to the Sims she, at one point. I was going to say, so she, don't, don't, let the, don't let the spool taste fool you. I'm not kidding. I'm going to dial it up because I got to figure out what I'm doing on this planning commission. Oh, my gosh. The SimCity will, it will it just take away your whole day okay like you'll build this city and like i mean you have every day you're getting daily updates of things you're doing wrong how you need to fix it i'll just zone out at work doing that and i'll tell them it's research <laughs> Nora, Nora, you can vouch for me it's research <laughs> i promise you if i show up to a board meeting and all of ali's reports are from a, a video game i probably will just kill over just do it there's just no do way it. you could map it out to look like church row See? and we figure out what the computer tells us yeah. to do Yes, I will this do that. This is like the now. best idea I've ever had. Now, according to computer projections, yes. uh, i.e. the Sims, uh, obviously this is, we need to put churches here, we need to do this, and we need to do this. If we did it in some of the, the realities I actually am facing on a daily basis, the game would probably just blow up. It would just be like, just stop. Move somewhere. Right, exactly. Move on. Move the on. Just goes blank and says, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> the computer just says, no. We're done. We're and unplugs itself I'm it's out, like, I'm out. I, I did not sign up for this oh my gosh ladies and gentlemen we've had far too much fun here but it's great it's yes. wonderful uh Noel thank you so very much for joining us and hopefully you'll stop back again sometime soon uh I am Ja'Kalen Madison she is Allie Parrish uh thank you for so much for joining us on this edition of Bringing Down the House and we will see you right back here next time at the same place you found us take care everyone